Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, episode number 212. This is Wednesday morning, the night after the show, and I have to apologize. Nah, I didn't do anything that bad, except I worked on my computer, I reset some programs, some settings got jacked up, and the show buffered like crazy, and I want to apologize to everybody who attempted to watch it live. And I'd like to apologize to my guest, Willie Musgrave of Motocross Action and ATK Motorcycles fame. Now he's starting a go-kart company. He's been doing go-karts for a while. He's got some big things coming. We talked about that. And unfortunately, that's when the computer started fritzing. I guess my computer doesn't like go-kart talk, but I'll have him back. I want to go riding with Willie. We talked a lot about racing. Um, And you're going to hear this in a podcast audio-only format. So sorry about that. Uh, I'd like to thank all of my sponsors, Yamaha, Taco Moto, Scott Sports, Climb, of course, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs, Double Take Mirrors. You can support this show by clicking through our links in this holiday season when you're buying everything on Amazon. Of course, you can click through our link on Dirt Bike Test for Rocky Mountain ATV MC when you're buying stuff for your motorcycles. That helps us out a little bit. Maybe I can get somebody else in here to push buttons if they can stand me for more than, I don't know, a few shows. So with that, uh, this will be the last time you can get the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday t-shirt. Once they're gone, they're gone, and it's pretty much going to be gone in a couple days. Let's say we're clipping it on December 15th. Uh, No more availability. So check, find the links. They're on our social media platforms. Uh, We're not a t-shirt company, but uh, we're, you know, we're working on it because we want to make the the big bucks. And uh, yeah, I'll start learning how to push buttons better, if you know what I mean. We're trying to figure out some bandwidths and some uh, streaming things, all that kind of stuff where we really, all we really know is motorcycle and motorcycle related products. This weekend, I'm doing a Extreme Enduro Riding School out at the King of the Motos Moto Madness event. You can sign up for that. The event is free. My school isn't, but it's inexpensive. If you think about how much of a better rider you'll be when you get done, check out jimmylewisoffroad.com. Of course, for that, always go to dirtbiketest.com when you have motorcycle product questions. Leave comments, ask questions. We'll get to them. Yeah, we even answer the ones in the chat sometimes. Actually, most of the time. And on a sad note, and uh, a guy who is really influential to me, Rick Simon, uh, did his last bomb run. He passed away uh, last week, uh, better known as Super Hunky, the original editor of Dirt Bike Magazine. The guy who took Dirt Bike from This Will Never Work to uh, one of the largest and most uh, informative Dirt Bike Magazines out there. Uh, Rick, uh, left us. And if you ever want to find out more and, you know, give his family a little bit of time to recover, but they have the book, uh, monkey butt. So, uh, if you are, and I've, I've been a big fan of this and Rick helped me out in my journalism career as well. Um, it's, it's got a lot of reading in there and it's, it has big type for all of us guys that remember <laughs> Rick. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure he's, uh, ripping some Makos <laughs> up in the skies right now. So, uh, anyhow with that, uh, here's the show in a podcast format. So here you go. Oh. 
Tech Talk Taco Tuesday without the amazing technical difficulties that we go through every time. And for that, this show would not be possible without our sponsors. Again, show I, I'll tell you all the stuff you missed because it couldn't read lips. Uh, show 212 uh, brought to you by Yamaha Takomoto. We would have done Rooster Endo tonight, by the way, boys and girls, but nobody sent me any Rooster Endo's big, big announcements on that coming up. Uh, Scott Sports, I got the Pro Circuit goggles. Uh, Scott Sports Pro Circuit goggles, and I know my guest on tonight's show will be stoked on these. Uh, I think, at least the logo, I know this. And I'm going to see if we go here, and if the sound drops... We got a bigger problem, but I don't think it's going to drop right now. No, it looks like it's still working. Okay. Uh, climb. Wearing a nice, comfy climb uh, mid-layer. Technical riding gear. Uh, this is what keeps me comfortable when I ride and when I'm in the studio doing the show. Of course, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs. We're going to have a Bulletproof Designs product of the week, and it's probably going to end up being tequila. I don't know why. And, of course, Double Take Mirrors, who uh, I still owe them adventure riding video that just can't get produced because we can't get somebody to write a country song. So if you're in the business of writing country music or singing country music, I actually wrote the song. you got to make the music to match the song. Uh, you can help me out. So uh, with that, I can't unmute someone else. Well, uh, Willie, uh, you're going to have to unmute yourself. <laughs> There's probably a button you got to push, and then you, we can we can uh, we can fix this. There's like sometimes there's like three little dots, and uh, hey, you can see me okay. I can see you okay. okay. Yeah, the music's okay. It looks looks really good. Uh, and I was gonna introduce you, but I had to push too, too many buttons and figure out um, how to do this. So everybody, if you want a taco tech taco talk tech taco tuesday t-shirt uh i can i'm gonna put the link up in the chat right now tonight is gonna be the last night you're gonna be able to order these things because i'm gonna go ahead and start process everything tomorrow um we're not a show we're a t-shirt processing company as you can tell so I, I want to do it all in one day somehow or another um and let me go back to this screen here and then i can go to this one there and then I can bring Willie up on the screen. And I can even make Willie wear a Tech Talk Taco Tuesday t-shirt. Watch this. Uh, let's see. Uh -oh. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, it, the layers are wrong, but it's something like that. <laughs> anyways. Uh -oh. I, I can only imagine. Yeah. Just leave, leave me. So anyways, Willie Musgrave from Motocross Action uh, Test Riding fame. Uh, you also were a big part of the ATK history and lineage, uh, for sure. And also, uh, you were my nemesis at Carlsbad. We, we, used to, we were both magazine kind of guys, and we used to battle uh, on Saturdays at Carlsbad. Yes, we did. And those were some of my favorite, um, favorite times racing. And uh, I, always, I always liked, I'll tell this story, and then we can kind of dive, dive deep in it. I liked racing against you because uh, you were a little bit older than me. You were always riding different bikes, and I could tell when Jody had given you a bike that you didn't like because then I could beat you. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> well, you, you know how it is, though. I mean, it's, you know, we got, we got to ride all the new bikes every year and just, you know, 
they really are different. And some worked like for me, some worked really good for me and some just didn't, yeah. didn't work good for me. So it, it showed on the track, but you know, we put the time into, you know, to do the articles and the testing and, you know, the, the best way, you know, in, you know, what I've learned from Jody is to really see how a bike works is to go race it because when you're out testing on a freshly groomed track, you know, because you're doing the Yamaha test, um, it's smooth and you can go anywhere you want and it's, you know, cool. But when you go out and race the bike, it's usually chopped up and uh, bumpy and you got guys on your butt and you're trying to catch guys and you got to go places where you not normally would like to go. And in a race, you got to do that. So that's, you know, uh, why we switch bikes a lot of the time. Uh, in between motos, you know, we go one moto a Honda, next moto a Suzuki. So a lot of times you do four motos a day, so you'd be on four different bikes. And that was a reason, just to try to get a, a real feel for the bike under those kind of conditions, if that makes sense. So I'll give you sort no, of it, insight to Jody's thinking. Yeah, and I, I, I yep. as much as um, I kind of, you know, I would, I, would, <laughs> I would always watch what he would do. And in the beginning, because, you know, you, yeah. you the back then the ma- magazines were kind of like the Bibles. And even when I was yeah, young, yes. that's 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 what you thought was was the, you know the, that's where you got all your information from. And then when I actually started really getting involved in, I was doing testing for for Dirt Bike Magazine, and then I actually did a little bit of stuff for Jody. And Jody wanted to hire me. He actually wanted me to to work yeah. there. And I told him I could work maybe like two days a month, and that wasn't enough. And I I sent him a letter to, that kind of said that to yeah. that effect. And uh, he actually had it hanging on his on his uh, in his office in the in the old office down on God was it Mission Boulevard yeah. down in down in uh, down San Fernando yeah. <laughs> San Fernando Valley. And uh, but so it was it's it's funny because I could tell like when you guys were always trying different things you know you're switching around pipes or messing around with suspension stuff and and it was it was when you had a bike that you liked uh, you would you would just at Carlsbad you know you would just ride just really solid and you can't there's there's kind of like a speed limit at Carlsbad <laughs> you can only go yes there's yes. only you can go so fast fast before you're just going to crash because it was so hard pack and really slippery and and uh and i i just remember there was you know i, I was pretty good at like kind of going just about as i kind of i don't want to say as fast as you could because it was definitely faster but i i used to ride a kx 500 quite a bit there and then i'd also bring test yeah. bikes out but like my favorite bike there was the kx 500 it just for me yeah, worked, you, yeah. worked really well yeah yeah well, for, for a guy like me, I moved from uh, Washington State uh, in 19, man, nine, I think 1982, I moved down here from Washington State. So back then, you know, the Saddleback, Blue Groove, Carlsbad, Blue Groove, and I, you know, I'm used to, uh, back then, Washougal actually had a lot of dirt on it, and the lo- SIR <laughs> local tracks there, and I've come down here and have to ride on that stuff. I I sucked. I mean, I could barely get around the track. It took me, you know, it took me a few years, but, uh, you know, after I got used to it, acclimated to it or whatever, um, you know, I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed Carlsbad Saddleback. I only got about eight or nine months before it closed down. Um, but Saddleback was, I think later on in the eighties or the early nineties or whatever, before I came out here, it closed down. But by the end there, I was actually going pretty good and had some pretty good races with some really fast guys and actually enjoyed going down and spending a Saturday there. So, yeah. but the beginning, it was death defying. <laughs> it's like, I sucked so bad. And even if, you know, even after all the years I put in, I still, I was okay, you know, but 
um, you know, compared to some of the, you know, Ricky Johnson and uh, Lachine and those guys down there, they would just, man, they would go fast down there. Incredible. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it was because they, that they, they practiced on those hard pack, you know, tracks like that. I mean, yeah. there wasn't such a thing back then. There really wasn't, I mean, when we were racing, they were kind of like Glen Helen was open on Thursdays and, and, uh, you know, there's a few tracks that you could, that you could actually practice at that were prepped, but like the guys that grew up and like, I grew up just riding these baked hard pack tracks around Southern California. Yeah. So Carlsbad. And I just remember Frank used to think I was an idiot cause I'd show up and I, I'd be one of the guys that go out in the very first practice. And you know what yeah. that was like, it was like soup and slop. And, and I was an off-road rider. I wanted, I wanted to go do ISD and all this other stuff. And yeah. he's like, what, what are you doing? And I just go, where else can I ride in mud? in california and he's like <laughs> that is true yeah that is it but it, it is a different kind of mud people got to understand it's like uh clay slime so it's, uh, on hard pack so it is slippery and and then your bike weighs about you know 40 pounds heavy but then you wait about two hours and you just knock the fenders and the stuff just falls right oh, off but yeah it, we we would just yeah. put we would just put uh pam underneath the you know, you know, yeah. underneath yep. the fenders and stuff. The same thing. You just, yep. I'd ride my t practice, you know, first practice and then whatever other one. And then usually by the time yep. the first moto came, uh, KX500 just rev it a couple of times and all the, all the mud would just fall yeah. off <laughs> the parking lot. Be all, vibrate off. Yeah. Be all, vibrate off. Be all good. But yeah, uh, yeah good, good yeah. times for sure. And it, it should, <laughs> it shouldn't have surprised me because I mean, back then that was at, was that, was that during ATK or was that shortly after ATK? If we were... I raced ATK, no, I raced ATK, so I do remember doing, a, I think, a couple commotion by the oceans, uh, local racing on ATKs. Right. Um, I just can't remember what year Carlsbad closed. So, so if somebody had that, that would be, that would give me a better, in my mind, of when stuff sort of switched up for me. But uh, um, I think I had quite a few years, actually, on ATK there. So I might have been all the way to the end uh, when I left ATK in 1993. Um, so I had from 87 to 93, I think I was on ATK. So um, I probably raced a lot of ATKs there. Plus, I did all the motocross action testing yeah. uh, during that time span, too. So I was in a unique position where um, Jody Weissel was really good friends with Horace Leitner. Uh, and Jody helped Horace, you know, promote the ATK after Can-Am went out of business. Um, so, you know, Horst, you know, I was signed by Horst. Actually, I'll tell you that story. So I think it was uh, Pete McLean goes, Musgrave, you got to ride one of these ATKs. And we went out to some hill track in uh, Temecula. Can't remember where, you know, it's, I think now it's all houses. Um, but I showed up there on my Honda, I think I had at that time, Honda 250. And uh, I took a few laps on his bike and I just went, holy macro and it was like you know uh whoop de do track you know small acceler accelerating bumps into big bumps was was and that a, just, was that a two-stroke or four-stroke one two-stroke two so stroke. first okay. atk really first one I ever rode was an atk 406 and uh i went out there and i just go man that is i'm i i want to ride these things at the outdoor national so i got enough uh you know uh whatever up to go drive down to Laguna beach and the little shop that horse had down there on the, uh, Laguna Canyon highway and walked into his office and sat down with him. And he knew me from racing at Paris and Carlsbad probably. And yes. I said, Hey, I want to race your bikes at all the AMA outdoor nationals. And we worked out an agreement. And, uh, basically, uh, that was my first 
factory ride was with ATK. He paid me a salary. I got bikes and stuff. Um, he brought me in to help do a lot of the development work. Um, and from that, it sort of changed, changed my, uh, direction in life, I should say, because I, I learned a lot from Horst. He was a, you know, entrepreneur, you know, inventor, you know, creator. And, you know, I could see him put this stuff into marketplace. And maybe the timing was pretty good for both of us to meet at that time, because I feel like I helped uh, tremendously in the ATK development. Um, was, and, was, uh, you know, after was that the reason you moved down to Southern California? Or you were not down, at all? You were, no, you were I was already. Yeah, I'll tell you that story. So I thought I was going to be a football player. So I was uh, <laughs> through high school and all that stuff. I was, yeah, I was pretty good. I, I think I weighed about 175, 185 pounds. Um, I actually got to where I was really fast uh, in sprinting and stuff. I uh, played middle linebacker on defensive, defensive coach, uh, sorry, defensive team captain, uh, returned all the punts and kickoffs. And uh, I would uh, rotate out as a fullback. And uh, we made it to the, uh, Washington state championship. I can't, I, I want to say 1981 or something like that. And, uh, we're a school outside of Seattle about an hour. Uh, we have to drive down to Seattle and we play on AstroTurf for the first time. This is 1981 for me. And I just, I, I probably the first, whatever the first set rotation was on, of us being on defense. I'm in the middle as a middle linebacker position. The other team was just huge. And when the center and the guard and the tackle went down in their, you know, three point stance. I could barely see over them. I could barely see the quarterback standing up back there. I look over, I think I played left side, middle linebacker. I look over at the right side and I'm like, what are we going to do? We pretty much got our asses kicked. And at that point in time, I realized I'm probably going to be a little bit too small and not going to make it as a football player. <laughs> so my dad asked me, what would you like to do? And I go, I like to work on motorcycles. So he, uh, got me hooked up with uh, Lake Washington Votech for a year and then Motorcycle Mechanic Institute in Phoenix for a year. And uh, Interesting. I, I think, probably, yeah, so that's how I ended up in California. I worked for uh, Mission Vail, Honda, Kawasaki, BMW, uh, went through all the Honda Pro schools. Kawasaki had schools at that time, went through as many as they had. And BMW actually had a couple seminars that I went to. So I could say I was Honda certified and, you know, Motorcycle Mechanic Institute. So I had a mechanical background. So when I took the job riding for horse, I don't, you know, I don't, they didn't really know me like that, but my mechanical background uh, was definitely used throughout the rest of my life from 1987 on with all the testing and stuff I did for companies. Um, so I, you know, I, I gotta say I was, you know, I got married young got a job working at Mission Via Honda, BMW Kawasaki. So I think I was a commission mechanic for five years. Um, and that's how I made a living, you know, race. I think I was junior back then, you know, novice class or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Race out at OCR when Mickey Diamond and stuff was out there. I think I turned intermediate at that time by 1983. Uh, so I, you know, funded everything myself, you know, was married. I didn't have kids till 1987. Um, my wife helped me out a lot during that time. Uh, but just, you know, you know, basically a you know, struggling privateer that got really hooked in to motocross and just wanted to be whatever I could be in motocross. And, you know, spent a lot of time waking up at, you know, three in the morning or four in the morning and driving from Mission Viejo all the way out to I think of Via Verde was one of the tracks out in the hills out there. And we ride yeah. there. And when the sun came up, I'd start doing motos and ride for a couple hours and get 
load everything back up and then drive back to work, be by, back to work by 10 or 11 o'clock and then work till six or seven o'clock at night. So that sort of was my beginning lifestyle in motocross. Uh, you know, people, I tell the story to people now, they just go, man, you're insane. And I just go, no, that's just, I wanted it. You know, yeah. so yeah, you got I, a passion. I, yeah. Yeah. Had a passion, put in the time, and then you know, uh, you know, had Suzuki support rides through Suzuki Country out in Norco. They helped me out a lot. They uh, helped me go uh, race a super the the Rodale Supercross series. I think in 1987, um, they got me a bike and stuff. I think that's the one. Um, that's the one that Jimmy Hawley won, right? No, no, he no, I beat him that. I beat uh, him. That was in '88. I just about won that. My bike actually started to seize with a couple laps to go, and Boho. <laughs> Hoganberg caught me and barely won. I let it for the the whole thing. I had it in the bag and I baby I had a baby the bike. And when I got back to the United States, uh yeah, the, the ring was completely seized up and I don't know how it even finished, but um, some good times back then. So um the uh saddleback closed in nineteen eighty four, according to one of our viewers, Raymond. And uh, ninety four. Uh, ninety four. Eighty four saddleback. Oh, Saddleback, yeah. Yes. Saddleback, Sorry, 84. Yeah. And Carlsbad, yeah. 2003 yes. is what we have, no. uh, according to Ashley. Okay, I, so I, I'm, I didn't think it went that long. I, I remember it went way longer than it should have, but it was it, – Okay. I, I don't know when it actually kind of – because they kind of stopped racing when – I know I remember when, when Frank moved REM out to out to, to Glen Hill, and that was still before – because he, he just – what was the name of – what was the name of the crazy guy that ran Carlsbad? Yes. Uh, he, he he was always barefoot. I just, I, he was always walking yes. around barefoot, and <laughs> when we we'd be. Out now, there. I, I know you're talking. I know you're talking about. And it's the names on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, so we'd be. We're out, getting old, yeah. so we'll remember that at we, midnight. Tonight. We'd be out there <laughs> testing with Honda or a tire company or something like yeah. that, and they'd spill pin tacks down because he'd come over and just yell at us for for doing something wrong. <laughs> so, so go on. So you just said that. So you go out there and test bikes out there at Carlsbad. Yeah. All right. You know, so we would go out and test the bikes there and then we'd have to do our photos for the bikes. And, you know, you, I've, you know, I've, whether you're doing photos or you're having a guy ride for photos, but trying to get a picture at Carlsbad, like railing a bar or doing something like that was the most difficult you yeah. know, the thing for me as a as a guy that was also testing, but also doing the pictures, uh, you know, riding for them and getting the pictures taken of me, um, very difficult to get a cool shot. You know, railing some bird with dirt roosting in the back because yeah, there's, there's, no, no, there's dirt. no dirt. It was like riding on cement. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, actually yeah. one of the, the the one of the most famous photos I had <laughs> shot there was. I, it was a BMW GS, and it was before I had anything to do with rally or something like that. But we had it out there. We were doing the drag strip testing, so getting all the numbers on the drag strip on the bike. And there was a photographer yeah. out there with us. And it was mostly because we were doing some other super high-performance street bike. But then uh, the photographer's there, and I went over, and I was just goofing around this BMW. And there were those terraces up where people would park up up kind of on the hill. I started jumping up those, and I got kind of kind of a bit of air on a, on a BMW GS. And I was just wearing street clothes. I mean, I think I had a riding jacket on, but it's probably just my Levi's and tennis shoes or something. And yeah. and I just did this photo, and our art director saw it and they're like, "Oh my God, look at this!" And they they were gonna they're gonna put it in the magazine, and and she actually got to the point where she actually selected it and pulled it out and everything. Yeah. And they they then then my boss came in, you know, the editor, and he came in and goes. What the hell? He's like, what are you doing? You know, because tennis shoes. You can totally see tennis shoes. Nah, yeah. So this is before Photoshop or anything. They actually drew boots and they drew stuff on my pants to make it look like I was wearing gear so they could run this photo. 
it, it was like it was like well, I I can they thought it was like evil can evil shit or something. It's like I could just go put gear on and we go back out and do it. We go find someplace better. I'll jump higher. I don't know what do you want. You know this is, this is my job. Right? <laughs> it must have been a good photo. <laughs> That's all I can say. It, they just had they worked hard. They just hadn't seen they hadn't seen anything else like that. And it was like yeah. okay let's yeah. yeah let's let's run this. But uh, well yeah um, Carlsbad those were those were good good uh, good good times uh, good. Yeah. So I, I like ATKs too, Willie. I'm gonna hold up a picture here. I don't know. You're you're gonna get to see it on the little screen, or if you have the big screen up and running, yeah. check check yeah. that out. That's kind of like uh, ATK uh, glory days there. That is. I can't. It's blurry on oh, my screen here. But, but who, who's riding that? That's me. Oh, okay. No, that's badass. That's that's that's. Let's see here. There we go. I'll put it up on a on a bigger one for everybody to see. And, and we and we can say they couldn't do Photoshop back then, so that is really Jimmy Ride back then. That's, so that's, that's good. I was probably about 160 pounds wet, you know, on that. And that's a six o. That was a six o four, correct? Yep, six. You got it. Yep. Yeah, six o four. So yeah, we. Yeah, my my interesting, and that was the count. That also had the counter shaft disc, I think. On that one, or yeah, I, I yep, yeah, it did, I can I go back because I don't yeah, see a rear yeah. a rear disc brake rotor on it at the time. No, we had. I'll go into some little. Let's talk about ATK for a minute, if you guys. Want well, to listen let, let, for me, a let me let me just okay. just so here's, <laughs> yeah. here's how I met Horst. Is yeah. is I was testing for Dirt Bike Magazine, and he showed up at LA County with this crazy thing that he wanted to put mm -hmm. on the swing arm, and uh, yeah. and so it was it was called the Chain Torque Eliminator, and it it basically ran the the chain into a parallelogram and all these things and and i remember we were there doing like a 250 comparison or something la county raceway which gets a little bit choppy but not too bad but it always got those kickers on the lip of the jump. yes and yep. so horse came out there and put it on there and a couple of the guys other guys wrote it and they just like this is so stupid this is dumb this is stupid and like like this i i went and wrote it and i'm like hey you know i can hold the i can hold the gas on over these kickers and when I go around the turn, you know, like I said, I was a lighter rider, so it really made a big yeah. difference to me. And I was telling Horse this because he didn't really tell us what it did, or at least he didn't tell me. He might have told the editor or something like that. And, yeah. And uh, which was I don't know, Tim Tolson, Joe Kosh, who, who I don't remember who it was at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I, I and so Horse's like, hey, what do you think? And I told him my, that all these things. And it's funny because he, you could tell that he goes, okay, this kid can feel stuff and he he understood so yeah. I, after that i always had a really good relationship with him um you know even the even when he had some cockamamie idea or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or, <you> know, <laughs> or i'd run into him out at out at out at uh you know he'd come out with the with the wrecking crew <laughs> he, yeah he, yes yeah. he was one of the, he was one of those guys and uh he'd always ask me because i'd be writing something weird and he's like, it, it, it's like, like the point where it's almost like, what's wrong with you? Because there's Hondas and Yamahas <laughs> and Suzuki's and you're on a, a KTM and because he had, yeah. you know, he yeah. had some development with these guys. But uh, that was, that was my meeting horse story was he, he just, uh, he had this crazy thing and I actually didn't just go, oh, it's just weird. I said, I want to try it. And it worked. It, it's, yeah, it, I, I come, you know, again, meeting him and, you know, being, as close as I worked with him for so many years, it, the engineering, whatever he taught me, because I wasn't an engineer. I never went to school for engineering, but the the stuff that he taught me and how to, you know, look at things, I sort of, you know, became a self-taught engineer in being able to, you know, manufacture and do a lot of different products. When I went in there and sat down with Forrest, you know, to get the, you know, to ask to, you know, if I could ride for him, 
um, he goes, you know, he, he talks in very, you know, like a word and then forget, doesn't put a you know, bunch of words in, then goes to the next word. So, you know, it was like, Musgrave, I, I, I like you ride good. You hit the, you, you do the jump and land like within an inch of the same spot every time. And everyone else is short or too far. Yes, I want you to ride for, you know, ATK back in the day. But, you know, I never spent a lot of time on ATK. So I remember I get my first bikes and, you know, I'm going out and practicing, doing what I what I do. And, uh, you know, I think I broke a chassis within like two weeks, like right above where the shock was at on the left side. And I'm like, you know, that, that ain't good. And then the <laughs> counter sh- countershaft disc brake, you know, you know, I had issues with it Did in the you, beginning. Are, we, because it, are you a brake dragger? Um, not anymore. <laughs> that, that, that bike taught you not to drag the brake. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you over the next couple years, um, you know, I, you know, CNJ down in Fallbrook, uh, built all our chassis. Yep. Um, and they're, they're famous for flat track, uh, chassis and stuff like that. So I remember spending about, I mean, six months of my life, you know, working with Jeff down there and Chris, who was the welder, and from, you know, gusseting to uh, heat treating, different heat, you know, taking a chassis and annealing it, uh, heat treating it um, over the course of, you know, a year, let's say, I basically got a chassis where it would last me easily over a year, and for the normal guy, it would probably last them, you know, a a couple years if they kept the bike that long. Um, So that improvement, then the brake, you know, issues that we had, over the years, that took a few years, but Mike Doherty uh, was hired by ATK also right. as an engineer. And he came in and, uh, you know, he was a real engineer. And I also learned a ton from him on, you know, how to make molds and, you know, uh, break uh, rotor material, break pad material. Um, so he really took the countershaft brake uh, system and at least on our factory bikes, and I think we offered it as a, an accessory, uh, if you bought that kit, we literally didn't have any rear brake problems. Um, we, we, you know, I think Doherty was ahead of his time. Uh, we had ceramic, basically ceramic pistons in the caliper. Um, we had a, a, you know, a thicker rotor that was machined out. So it cooled itself. Um, a brake pad material that really, uh, that came off of a, uh, like a dump truck, a humongous <laughs> dump truck. I remember getting the brake pads in, we cut them up and that's what our, uh, you know, our factory, uh, race bikes would get. Um, yeah, just so like, you know, the chassis, the the brake system, the snorkel system in the beginning, it's a cool idea. Right. Um, the, the air filter, air filter was mounted up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, on the two strokes. Yeah. It was uh, it, so who who else who's riding those also? Zitterkoff? Well, so over the next uh few years, I, I should say that Horse was teamed up with Ken Wilkes yep. um there for a, a few years and you know the the relationship did what it did and usually both business relationships and I have my, you know, current business stuff that I've just gone through horse sort of went through the same thing. Um, but, uh, Ken Wilkes, uh, you know, you know, had the money and could, you know, do stuff. So, you know, over the next few years, uh, you know, from, you know, Greg Zitterkoff, Ty Davis, Eric Kehoe, um, all rode our, our motorcycles and won us, uh, you know, at that point in time, the four-stroke world championship was really a four-stroke world championship yep. where there were one-off bikes being raced there from Honda. I think with uh, yeah. Mike Young uh, showed up one year with Crippa 
oh, and race that. And that, you know, that, back. Went, that went way back. I mean, they they had those bikes that yep. RJ would ride, and and uh, yes, RJ yep. even rode pro, a Yamaha pro, one, the ProTech one, and y- yes, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. So pretty cool. I mean, so so it had yeah, so it had a different meaning back then than it, you know you know than you right. know that sort of fizzled out because everything became four strokes. But back then it was you know, to win that race was pretty huge. And to, you know, to get riders, like I just mentioned, to show up and ride our bikes, it was cool. Uh, I, you know, uh, a lot of those guys I brought on and, and worked with them, uh, you know, to ride our bikes, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, uh, I, I can remember like, you know, the first times going out with, with Ty or Kehoe or even Zitterkopf, you know, they're, you know, them, you know, me sitting back and then watching them have to get used to the, to the bike. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it definitely, it, it's kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't the, probably the weirdest bike I ever rode was BMW yeah. made a 450. And I rode that too. Okay, that was, so, 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 <laughs> yeah. so that motor spun backwards. The counter shaft yes. was on the swing arm pivot and, yep. and the clutch was on the crankshaft. And yep. I, I was actually racing for BMW on the, in the rallies when that bike kind of, kind of went through the idea farm it's like hey we're going to build dirt bikes and i i know the engineer that that pretty much was responsible for all the designs on that and he was very much like horse and just like hey i want to i think outside the box and just kind of change everything around and man that bike did some stuff really good but it did some stuff really different <laughs> and, yes and yeah. so it just it, it, Go ahead. Yeah. Like I, I forgot one rider that we had there, Brian Manley. So oh, Brian Manley right. was also very fast at that time. And I remember, you know, we had, you know, our suspension issues. We were using white power suspension back in the day before it is what it is now. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, we brought out Paul feed and I remember we spent a couple of days out there and we got Brian comfortable on the bike and he hauled the mail. I mean, all of them did. We all, yeah, tie you know, back, a, you know, tie one, the Chilean, 250 supercross championship on an atk uh, he did yeah he, yeah kelly he beat kelly andrus down yeah, there yeah i was i went I, I was down there i was i was i was racing 125 i was the 125 champion that year <laughs> on a you KTM. are the man <laughs> so i went down there also uh roland uh kimmer's last Rolando. name Rolando. Guti- gutierrez yeah he yeah. brought us down there right yes he brought us down there <laughs> so i went the i went the, after ty davis did and I remember pulling the whole shot in the first photo. I'm doing the first turn. I'm like getting ready to turn the first turn. I got, I mean, just clobbered. I, you know, I don't know if it was on purpose or whatever, but like taken out of the race and pretty much the the weekend there, right? In the because yeah, Rolando, the start of Rolando the first wanted motor. to be the ATK importer, right? He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With good, nice guy. I still actually talk to him every uh, now and then. And yeah. he took me from Chile into Argentina. But got to see the you know the the countries yeah. down there. When, when you raced, when you raced the race, was it in the bicycle velodrome? Was it? Was I it? did that. I did that in Austria. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I went and raced that. Oh, hard cross. <laughs> hard cross in Austria. Mike Beyer used to. Right. He would. I think he went there and was the man there. I went. Uh, Horse Lightner's brother. I, I, I'm sorry, I forget his name. Awesome guy. Um, he brought uh, me and Harry over there. Harry Lightner, horse's right. son. And we, we got to race the, I think it was in Austria. And I think I broke seven wheels in like before <laughs> the racing even got started. And they go, Musgrave, we have no more wheels. Just go slower. <laughs> you know, don't, don't jump. So I had a, you know, it was what it was. I think we're on Kajibas and uh, we had the wrong tires and, 
yeah, it was a good experience. So I went <laughs> there. I went to Austria, Germany, Italy, Yugoslavia, wow. uh, Russia. Um, so it was a very all, good trip for me to to do stuff. All the garden spots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I got I got to do some of those doing the uh, doing things. Hey, um, I, here's the goggles. I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know if you can see these. These are uh, Scott's Pro Circuit Limited Edition uh, goggles with the uh, Pro Circuit logo on the strap. So if you're looking for some of these, go to Scott Sports because you were always a pro circuit guy. I was. I I still. I just talked to Mitch yesterday. I do uh, go kart stuff now, and he is helping us do all our pipes. Um, I bring in a actually I bring in Yamaha engines, and we mount them on a chassis that we build in Riverside, California. And uh, uh, we had some issues a few months ago, and I'm a little bit behind right now on pipe development. So he's helping me try to get this stuff done as fast as uh, as we can. But I've known Mitch since the mid eighties or something, you know, and and, uh, bones will tell you the story. You know, I was a local guy and I think I walked into their shop in Anaheim and I got along with the guys and I, 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 you know, that's when Jimmy was there and Mike Hooker uh, and Mike Hooker was there and, uh, did a lot of engine testing back then and pipe testing, uh, and suspension testing. I did suspension testing with bones. Oh, I want to say into the mid two thousands and I was older, but we'd go out and, yeah. you know, we wouldn't show up at Glen Helen till noon until yeah. the track was already <laughs> thrashed. And then we'd stay till the sun was down. So we were definitely not the, the new crop of motocross guys that would show up at the Glen Helen at eight and, you know, be home by noon. Yeah. Out of there. the track got too rough. Yeah. We were the opposite of that. That yeah. is brutal tracks that he would take us up to in a, a Speria, I don't know if you ever got to riding that stuff up there. Up Holy in, uh, stuff in Honda Valley, right? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah just yeah. some whooped out and gnarly ass tracks that you, you know, that you could die on, but it was good suspension yeah. testing. Uh, so I know some guys, you know, loved the stuff and some guys didn't, uh, I had my part in that stuff. Uh, you know, like, like yourself, you probably got to ride a lot of factory bikes. Yep. Like works bikes. So some me of the, too, some so. of the best and some of the worst bikes ever. Yes, uh, I've gotten to rid price like the you know Carmichael's, uh, McGrath's, uh, a huge list of bikes. Uh, so what? What was I don't your, know if you know what was your favorite? Okay, I want to I want to roll back to to Bones in a minute okay. too. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's roll back to Bones and we'll start talking about factory bikes. That's a that's a really good okay. road to go down. Yeah. Um. So Bones is one of the few suspension tuners that I can just you you know his base settings are kind of right along the lines of where I would like my bike to be. Like, you know, I, yep. you know, he, he knew he, you know, he'd seen me right. He knew where I was at and stuff. He kind of knew I was an off-road guy, which I think kind of fit into it. Cause like, he was off road. He was off road. If you know him. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and so yeah. he, he did, he did a lot of stuff, but he, I would always yeah. have him do motocross stuff. Cause it's just a pro circuit name was a lot more synonymous with, yeah. with, um, yeah. you know, with motocross, but, he, yeah. he he could just because he, he just he doesn't go crazy with anything he just he just kind of fixes the stock stuff where maybe a lot of people would think it was lacking and and yeah. you know wasn't trying to to, to re you know re redefine the bike but when i the one time i said hey bones i want to do an rmx 250 now was the suzuki off-road oh, bike and yeah. i'm gonna go yeah. do the national hair and hounds on it and he was like yeah. oh yeah <laughs> like it went yeah. from just do the suspension to like bring the cylinder down. We're going to get you a pipe. And this yeah, thing just, yeah. that bike was, was such a bitchin' bike for everybody who thought they were turds. 
And there was, yes. there was there was a whole bunch of guys riding Suzuki's, and they were all over the place doing all these guys doing their suspension and stuff. And like literally by the end of the the the, the year, everybody was on these bikes who were copies of mine. You know, just they had bones in the suspension. They, they that's a, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's good. Well, my bike was and, just pull. You know, as I was I was always the first two fifty of the bomb, and and uh, yeah, it was a uh, yeah. But yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was my. I've always so, I've so always got along with him really well. Yeah. So like you know, so we can talk. You've got a probably about just about a long, as long as a career tested motorcycles as I do. So you know, now that it's you know 2023, just about 2024. I mean, you got to understand like the suspension, you know, design engineering of what we had to ride in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, so to try to make that stuff good is hard you know that, compared that, to the stuff that's that's that being AT, produced now that atk didn't even have pds it was before they even knew what to call it <laughs> right. yeah, we didn't have any of that stuff <laughs> but it's just you know so you hear some guys you know bitch or whatever but it's like you know the the stock stuff that you know you're sending your your suspension in to get fixed at whatever suspension company it's you know ain't a lot we can do with it because of the design yeah. You know, let you step up and you get the real stuff. So during that timeline, I got to ride, you know, with a kits and uh, stuff like that. Then I got to ride the factory bikes. And a lot of times when I got on the factory bikes, I mean, in, in an hour of riding this thing, I'm like, if I had this thing, you know, for a month or two months or a year, the level of my riding would just skyrocket because the confidence and stuff of, you know, the, the quality I'll say of that suspension components compared to what, the normal normal guy had a had a ride with was such a drastic uh difference yeah, okay, so yeah back back you follow in, what i'm saying back in the day back I'll, in the day i'll give yeah. this to you i yeah. mean it was it, when yeah. we started getting like into the 2000s um yes you, yeah. you know it, you could it, take stock stuff yeah. yeah stock stuff you could get yeah. it really really close but yeah, but, uh, yeah in the yeah. old in the old days like you know kind of kind of it was it was night and day for sure and that's and that's all the stuff and that's a cool thing about our sport the motor motocross side yeah. of things you know is that that stuff evolved into production pretty quick when you, they when they found something that yeah. worked you know they I put mean, it in there you you hear bones tell his story about you know working on ricky johnson's stuff they had he yes, had yeah. he had that setting that he kind of got from ross like ross literally yeah. gave him this setting and and you learn about all the kind of the suspension guys and how they kind of you know talk to each other and trying to figure stuff out yes and because yeah. these days i hear guys complain about their suspension and and like first of all i go you have no idea how good what you're riding is i mean even on some of the exactly that are considered bad i'm like you have no idea how good that is number one yeah and and, yeah. and number you're two you're correct and, and i always say i'm like because they're just going to send it off and the suspension tuners will hate me for this it's like if you don't know exactly what you want done to it i don't think they're going to make it that much better it, yeah, yeah. You know, the, being involved on the production side of suspension testing yeah, and realizing yeah. it's like they really do try to kind of shoot for the middle of the road and more than likely you're closer to the middle of the road than you think you are I yes mean, you yeah. know weight and you know extra weight and height or less weight and height it can side. affect it yeah 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 so yeah. but that was um that was uh yeah super super good times so now were you like when you got in doing your job and stuff, were you a motocross guy or an off-road guy when you started doing your stuff? I I I so I I did motocross until well I know exactly when I did motocross till till yeah. Jeremy McGrath and Mike Chamberlain jumped over my head at Carlsbad when they when they cut that ditch 
and they made it into something that you could sort of double that was really far. I mean, it was nothing five years later or whatever. Okay. But <laughs> like in the 125 novice class or intermediate class, yeah. it was intermediate class. Like they, they they jumped over my head, and I was sick of four lap motos at a at a CMC Golden State. And so I oh, switched. you're at a, I say you're at a CMC race, Golden State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I switched yeah. over to I switched over to to, to off road, and that was in um, good grief. What year was that? So that would have been eighty six. I want to say somewhere around eighty six. Okay. And because uh, I I remember I was just doing all the series for the Bucks. You know, I was doing all the SMX races yes. and just chasing yep. the intermediate. Yes, I, was, yep. I was a pro intermediate, and I slowly went from getting like seconds and thirds to Mike Kudrowski and and Lowell Thompson yep. and and you know, and then I went through guys like you know Jeff Emig and Denny Stephenson and and, and Willie Surratt and Ty yeah, Davis and, yeah. and, and and you know, list goes on. And I and I just finally said, and I I worked my way from third back to about seventh. You know, every every yeah. race, I'm like. Uh, you know, over the course of two years, and I'm like, I, I don't think I'm going pro. I think I'm going backwards. <laughs> I, I like. Well, my- that's a at that era, at that time, that we had the racing locally was unbelievable here in Southern California. We had a, you know, I don't think we'll ever see that again. Like that local racing, you'd show up at a wherever, and that talent would be there, and it lasted for quite a few years, and you know, probably till you know whatever the mid '90s, and it faded away. Um, but I also, I did, you know, I, I started off as moto and then, uh, when ATK got, I became an off-road racer. I, uh, I, I remember they go, Musgrave, you got to do the Barsota Vegas race, man. It is awesome. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. I had no clue. And I remember, uh, pretty much, you know, got smoked on the start. And I think I was in dust the entire race. <laughs> I think I finished like 21st or 22nd or 23rd or something like that overall. And I came back and I just go, you gotta be kidding me. That was, was, was fun. This, was this the last ever? Uh, I, I think it was the, I think it was the last. Yeah. The, the like the last one, it was rolling, rolling, rolling. It was the last year of that, but I think they tried to bring it back a couple years later. I didn't do that, but it was like the last year of the real, the real race. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. They, they had like a, they had like a tribute race that was still around Lucerne Valley and stuff. It wasn't a yeah, real, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't point that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, pro- this I, probably, wasn't, I may have beat you on a one twenty five that year. I don't think you did. I looked the other day. I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah. It, <laughs> I'm going to look, I, 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 I posted the results somewhere, but yeah, cause uh, I think I, I'm trying to remember the, I, I got up into the I, I wanted to beat Halgath really bad. He and, then, and then so called ass on a one twenty five. So did Eddie oh Arnett. my god. Well I I raced oh, I raced yes. with him all the time out there. And uh and it was either Amazing. I, I, he would either crash or he would do real well. And I and he yeah. ended up win- I've never won an overall of a of a district hare and hound on a one twenty five. Yeah. But the one time that I almost did and, and which would have been, you know, like I got second second overall, I think. Uh yeah. He beat me on a 125. <laughs> I was so yeah, crazy. No, no, he was amazing. But riding Desert, I mean, that is, you know, I mean, to to pick up the, you know, if, I should say, if you're up in the top 10, you know, to follow the course is very difficult because the right. trail's not formed yet. It's, so, like, for me, I, I would get in the top 10. And I would, you know, I'd miss the trail. Turns. Or, yeah. You got it. So yeah. it was, it was difficult. So I went, you know, I did all the, I think Casey folks, best in the desert. Best in the desert that races. Was, yep. Yep. I did that. A, a few of the, the district 36 or whatever they had out here. Then ATK had me do a lot of the AMA uh, hair scrambles. Hair scrambles. So I got to you, travel around. You had Ron Naylor. 
and John Martin, who oh. was AMA oh. uh, hair scrambles champion. So, right. well, because he was so he when was, Can he was on Can Am. Well, when Can Am went out of business, he's the one that approached Horse. He showed up at uh, I think Horse's shop in Laguna and says, "Hey, Can Am's out of business. Can you build us a motorcycle? I can get you the engines, or you can get the engines, and let's." you know, give the Can-Am dealers across the country another, you know, product to sell. So that's how ATK really got formed. And I want to say Don Lieb and Jack Roten went out and pre-sold a couple thousand ATK motorcycles. And that's <laughs> what got the ball rolling for 1987 uh, production. And then they had all these motorcycles sold. I think I just had made that agreement with Horse to do the Nationals and they couldn't build the motorcycles. They, I think it took them, you know, a week or a, you know whatever to build a motorcycle. And I remember Horst or Penn asked me, "Hey, do you? We need help. We can't. We can't. We need. We need to build these motorcycles, and it's taking too long." <laughs> so I remember going up to City of Commerce where ATK moved up to, and it was a big building. We, uh, uh, you know, I think between all of us, they started in Laguna Beach. Yes. Yeah. And and then and and, and, and then moved up to Commerce. City of Commerce, and we were there till 93, and we had a nice assembly line, and, you know, uh, everything was sort of rolling along. But the problem was, you know, for ATK is the engines, the access to engines that we had were old engines from the 70s. So, you know, as that era or that point in time, the technology on the two-stroke engine was just, you know, every year was, you know, from the 93 Honda CR250. I mean, that thing was a, a rhyme. And just, you know, we were competing against that on a, you know, crummy clutch, old ignition, <laughs> air cooled. And it's, you know, we needed an engine we, and we had issues. Uh, so Ken Wilkes ended up selling the company to Frank White out of Utah yep. um, in 93. Frank, Frank, Frank uh, White, believe it or not, is actually in our chat right now. <laughs> hey, hi, Frank. No. <laughs> it's, it's funny because we, we, we had a show not too long ago. Where yeah. we, we, we did the best of show and we did yeah. the, we did the worst of. And I think I, I I think I I couldn't I couldn't really pin it down, but I think I picked my the the uh, ATK seven hundred two stroke as, yes. my, as my as my worst as my worst bike ever. <laughs> and I, I had no. It somehow it got back to him, and he got back to me. He's like, he was he's such a good sport about it. He was just like, how come you how come you beat up my bike? You know, I gave you. I raced I raced one of the single sided four stroke <laughs> frames in a national hare and hound and got top ten. I just showed up in Utah yeah. and they and him and. Uh, Don Gryway, who got me my job at yes, Cycle yep. World. Yeah, uh, Gry The yep. ogre. Good guy. The, the ogre says, Jimmy, yep. come on up. Like, we got a brand new, it was a prototype, you know, with oil in the frame, single-sided swing arm, or yep. single-sided, uh, you know, uh, a frame. And and uh, I rode I rode that in a national hair, and I think it got top 10 in that thing. And, and that's you know, awesome. Unpro I didn't break it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, that's good. But, well, uh, me and I, I've been talking with Frank. We're doing some stuff uh, with ATK, or sort of. Um, uh, you can see some stuff coming from us here in the future. So oh, cool. Uh, yeah, he's a, oh, uh, the, the, a good the, guy. The yep. other bike. The other bike may have been the Cannondale, which is something else he purchased. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, no, he tried. I yeah. was the only that's guy, a tough one. I, I was one of the only guys to get those Cannondales to work really well. I had I, cuz I I played around How? with the little, I remapped the ignitions and the fueling with the little palm you plug the palm pilot into it and then and then I you know I know how to torque bolts so I could get the chassis actually pretty decent uh, yeah they they made I, a lot I'm just going to I'm just going to say at the speed you went that probably would work at the speed we went we had issues with the thing 
Yeah. I don't think we finished a lap on on every, and we had the Colt Tan, uh, Tannadale crew out there with right. us for racing. It would, oh my God, it would go puff, and we couldn't start it again. Well, you needed the Jimmy Lewis map. It got really popular on the internets back then, which is a but whole we, different thing. <laughs> but we couldn't slow ourselves down to that speed, Jimmy. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm messing with you. <laughs> no, I no, I know. I, I it, it, hey, well, Dirt Rider. I wasn't a Dirt Rider at the time. Don't blame me for this. Yeah. They they called it the bike of the year. At, at, I know. At, at Cycle World, Ken I, fought. I Ken sp- fought. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent a lot <laughs> yeah. of time getting it. You know, we said it, we said, "Hey, this bike has some potential," and and yeah. it, it, there, there's some forward thinking in this engine design. Yes. All these, yeah. all this look, look at look at <laughs> look at the Yamaha. Look at the current Yamaha, and don't tell me that they never saw and never even thought about a Cannondale at, at all. I mean, they didn't want to make a Cannondale. They said some good ideas yeah. there. Maybe we can use some of this stuff. You know, well, I can Maybe. I can tell you about like the Cannondale. The the problem there is, so you're doing a project like that. I'm just going to say the group of people that you pick to do a project like that are key. And the problem is, Cannondale's already spent I don't know X amount of money on this project. So the bosses up above are pushing. Hey, you guys got to finish this thing up, but your development's not done. So to me, they're probably two years too early on the release of that motorcycle. So you take something. Like if like Yamaha, they didn't just release that, you know, the first YZ400. They spent, you know, you can go talk to Dubok. Spent years uh, developing yeah, that the, thing. I, I actually and, I just I just had Mike Ulrich on, and that's how he got his job yeah, okay, as, a, yeah, as, a, yeah. as a test rider. You know, you know, starting yeah. that. And, yeah, and then there's a system. So you're you're looking at the Japanese who've been you know really, you know, dominating the sport until KTM you know recently. But I can go into that whole story too. But the Japanese. You know, they don't forget what they were doing in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. All that knowledge is used to help them develop a product. And that's why it's so good. And that's why a bike is ten or $13,000. But it's the, what you're getting for it's that amount is crazy. off the charts. Yeah. Crazy. But Cannondale, go back to, to that point in time, they don't have that experience. They don't have 30 years of developing motocross bikes to know how to how to make a swing arm not break or, you know, the steering head angles and all that stuff to work. And so they're, I mean, bold move, but probably <laughs> got forced into releasing it two years too early. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. And then the, then the group of guys that are testing it, I mean, you, as well as I do, you can go down a wrong path and you just, you don't know it hole, if you're yeah. the wrong group. So like, you know, I just remember horse, you know, when I was, you know, working for motocross action and even Ken Wilk, yeah, go ride all that stuff. So when you come back and ride our stuff, you have an idea of what everybody else is doing. So like that Cannondale group, you know, should have had every other bike or a couple of people that had the jobs that I did riding all this other stuff, come back and be a test rider. Go, you guys are, you're off, you're going down a path that this thing ain't going to work or. And having it, you know, like say having that experience, that range and all the different yeah, bikes and, yeah. and like, you know, whether it's the history you have is in, in, in yeah. whether this is going to be difficult to manufacture, this is going to be really rough to work on. If you ever had to work on it, you all get, the, yes, there's yeah. so many, there's so many yeah. things, you know, and you yeah. can have a revolutionary idea that may be, you know, so much better on one front, but on the other front, it's a, it's a different thing. And speaking well, of you that, know, yeah, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that rabbit hole, like that's one of the times I, you know, I do a lot of product testing off the side from not editorial and I get called in when the company is just kind of like, they're really not sure. And they just say, Hey, you want to come and ride this and just tell us what you think. 
Yeah, I have no problem doing that. I don't. I don't have yeah. any. I don't have any attachment to this thing. It's just a. It's just another motorcycle, and I can kind of pick it apart really quickly. And I'm like, yeah, this does. Are, this is doing this. Is this? Is yes. do you want it to do this? And usually they look yeah. at me and they're like, you noticed? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah. And they're so, like, they're like, yeah, that's kind of what we thought. And then and then it's like, okay, yeah. can we get rid of it? And the funny thing is, is if if a lot of times when I get called in to do that, I say. Well, what if we do this? You know, because you've done this, you know, you, you try these different things before. What if you do yes. this? What if you do that? And these guys are smart these days. It's like, well, that does this. Yeah, okay, that's usually what it does. Okay, that, and none of them are good. And they're like, they've kind of, they're, and, and this is usually pretty late in the process where it's like, yeah, we can't change the frame and the yeah. suspension spec is kind of getting finalized tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You know? yeah you're, you're forced to, to release that product again yeah. and, you know, uh, before it's time, you just like what you've done, I same thing. So, you know, for the 25 years I tested for motocross action, I also, you know, tested for, you know, Honda, Suzuki, uh, uh, other, and other, uh, companies, you know, R and D, uh, with Dean, uh, tests and products, the same thing, just because I, you know, my ass was on the seat of so many different products, uh, that I could fairly quickly get on a bike and just, you know, yeah, you're off compared to this, which is very successful. So, yep. you know, that, that, uh, and I don't think there's too many people, you know, Dubox probably one of them that has that kind of seat time and, and riding stuff. Um, you know, uh, a motocross action tester, a dirt rider tester, a dirt bike tester, if their mindset is right and have a mechanical background could be that, I don't know what it is today yeah like who it's, those people it's, would be they're, they're, i mean i i used to i used to test my test riders you know we 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 yes. do it you know and, and and even when even when you're out you know with the manufacturer when they're introducing the bike you know they used to do those intros and stuff okay. and and willie right now i i should bring you know jody probably get, get mad but i okay. should bring you out with like with when we go one of the ones that with just dirt bike tests just to just to yeah. see some of the goofballs that show up to these things because they're 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 like influencers and have a lot of followers and uh, some of them can yep. ride and some of them can't ride. And the ones that can't ride are really scary because they just God. don't ha they don't have that experience but they want to they want to be part of that thing. So yeah. I've, I've never seen guys like walk around at the intro and like start really trying to listen to what you're saying, what I'm saying, what someone else that they they know who the they know who the yeah. people that know are or they yeah. they're, they they they're asking questions that are like it's like that's for you to find out you don't ask me what i think about this because <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's your job <laughs> and 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 i think the skill of a really good a really good test rider is to be able to like identify the things and then to describe the product as opposed to say whether it's good or bad and 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 yeah. when we roll back into what jody was really good at is yeah. is jody was really good at making an entertainment medium out of something that was you, you know he if he knew we were all going to trip over our dicks on on <laughs> on bike a He's going to pick bike B as the best and tell you why bike A isn't, knowing that he's the only one that, quote, tells it like it really is. And then well, he's going to then he's gonna run it down to pro circuit, and they're going to fix it. And the next month, you're going to see how to fix the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I could come back and say, though, we never would pick best bike or, uh, uh, you know, evaluate a bike on – like a lot of people don't know, but like whatever we're testing, let's say it's Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, KTM, whatever. Yeah. They go out and they rent us a track. They groom it, water it. It's beautiful. You go out there and you ride the bike. And this is I don't a, care. This is, this is at the intro. 
Yeah, this is at the intro. So you're right. riding the brand new bikes for, you know, that year. And most people don't understand this. So you go out and ride on this track. I don't A Hadaka would feel great on this track because <laughs> there's no bumps. There's no nothing. Okay. All you other magazine guys that go, oh, that is the greatest bike. Motocross action, guys. I'm just telling you, back in when I was a part of it for right. 25 years, we never, ever evaluated on paper what that bike was until we took it back and were able to test ride it at our facilities, which would be, you know, usually a, uh, you know, Carlsbad or Paris or uh, Corona Raceway, yeah, yeah Glenhill, all those tracks that we were at for all those years, and put it under those conditions. So we would usually be a month or two after you guys pick, oh, this is the greatest bike or whatever, but you guys were riding it on fluff. Like smooth, uh, we, beautiful I, I, berms. Intro, intro day. <laughs> intro day was never. Intro day was just an intro day, and we always, you know, I always would. And before the internet, the problem is now you have yeah. to have your video up forty-five minutes. And, yes, and, you know, yeah. after after yeah. the bike, after the bike, yeah. the curtain comes off the bike. You have to have a riding video. And I mean, they, these guys now. <laughs> I watched. I watched. Yeah. Uh, I watched some of the other at the at the Kawasaki four fifty intro. We just did. They yeah. were telling. They were explaining how the bike worked. Before we were allowed to ride, they were saying what well, oh. this bike doesn't. And evidently, the it, the it, the bike had been out. I don't know if either of these clowns had ridden it, but it, it had out. And the, you know, the people were talking about it. It'd been out for like two yeah. or three days because it hit dealerships and stuff. Like, but they're already doing their ride. They're doing you know to, to get it up quick. Like you know, Don Maeda at Transworld, you know, and now it, it, doing his yeah. swap moto thing yeah. was a it, 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 as the digital era went on was a master of just being able to get that stuff out first. And I, yeah. I remember well, I, it, I jokingly it, told Terry Beal when he was doing Yamaha stuff, we yeah, were down, yeah. he, they flew us down to Costa Rica to do an intro on Yamaha WRs. Mm -hmm. And, and we're sitting there at the, at the, at the dinner where they're introducing the bike and everything like that. And I go, Terry, I want you to read my test and see if it's accurate. And he's like, what? And I go, well, there's a couple f little blanks I have to put in, you know, fill in the blank where I have to say the power was increased here or decreased there, like other things. But I can ride this thing for 10 minutes tomorrow, and I can come back and I can add a couple words and push send, and this yeah. thing will be on, on the internets. And he's like, how the, hell, how the hell can you do that? And I go, years of experience and, and whatever, yeah. and, and, and if I get it wrong, who's going to tell me? <laughs> yeah, I know that. And so, again, like, is it good to be first or is it good to be – a little bit later, but right. So yeah, like understand, like, you know, uh, a good friend of, I've been a good friend of Jody's for decades now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it didn't matter who he offended or whatever, but he, in his head, his philosophy was always to look out for the consumer. So he, whether it's a pair of boots, goggles, motocross bike, handlebars, grips, he would always like, you know, do it to the whatever umph degree to make sure that he was protecting the person that went out and paid the hard cash for whatever they're buying, like that list right. of stuff I just said from A and, to Z. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, from where we were sitting watching everybody else, a lot of times that wasn't the case. So he didn't care about how much they paid on advertising, which would piss off, you know, Metzger and all the guys that yep. working at uh, the advertising <laughs> at High Torque. Um, uh, I remember us, you know, getting banned by Suzuki and us going out and getting Suzuki's and riding bikes, them, yeah. buy our own bike. And I remember one year uh, Suzuki wouldn't help us and it actually was bike of the year. Um, so again, you know, I, uh, from the outside's perception of motocross action, I know there's all the naysayers and haters and stuff, but 
you know, if you really understood, you know, for the decades that I was riding with him, what, you know, the group of guys that he had around him at that point in time as test writers, what we were, the information that we were trying to give him so he could write these articles, um, you know, from his heart, that's, that's why he wrote the way he wrote and put the stuff out the way that he put out. And I know it pissed off a lot of people. And uh, I sort of believe in the philosophy that he told me, you know, from really the first days of me riding for motocross action, starting back in 1987, uh, you know, stuck with me all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always, I felt, I really felt more like he was, you know, he understood the, the entertainment uh, part of the medium. Oh, yeah. he, he realized yeah. that, and it's funny because you know, you know, I grew up as a kid reading Jody's Box, and also, hey, by the way, rest in peace, Rick Simon, super hunky. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. passed away, and he yeah. was he was really yeah. uh, influential for me. And uh, yes, same here. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. I will uh, I will uh, <clears throat> talk a little bit more about my experiences with Rick uh, maybe next week or yeah. something. But with with like you know Jody. You know, I read Jody's box, and and then and then I'd show up at like an SMX at Paris and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh my god, there's the motocross action guys, you know, and and you could you could tell because they had all the the latest greatest bikes, but they weren't yeah. they weren't spring chickens by any means. I mean, they were yeah. like like I joke no, when, no. when 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 we talked the other day, I, I said I said yeah. Willie, you were old because you were racing vet when I was still I couldn't <laughs> race vet. So that meant and and now now we look at us, you know, we're still racing in our 40s and our 50s yeah. and 60s. Yeah. And those guys, they were in their fifties and their sixties when we were, yes. met. you know, they were, yeah. they were, they were, they were, you know, 20 plus years. And so, so as I, you know, as I was, you know, got to, got to know him around all this stuff, you know, I realized that he, he did take the testing serious and stuff like that, but I think yeah. he, he very, he very much understood the, the, the entertainment factor. And then he, he, For did, sure. he did everything he could to make his brand stand out. And and yes. I, I like yeah. I said I always had that that kind of that feeling that that there was maybe we would get caught up a little bit more in the fanfare of a bike which everybody does I mean that's why you yeah. rush out and you yeah. you put your money down and you yeah. want to do it yeah. but at the yeah. same time those bikes the the new ones the ones that kind of turned our heads had some merits but they always had some problems and man he would hone oh, yes. those problems crucify yes. them you know literally yeah. crucify them take it the out stickers of the stickers would fall off and they'd get <laughs> yeah, you know take, shot down you know, you know take it down and show you show you show you how to fix it and whether and and i was always sitting there it's like it's like well if i want to sit kind of on the back part of the seat and hammer the clutch <laughs> uh maybe i do need to put a bigger sprocket on it and stiffer fork springs but that's a whole yeah, different yeah. story you know it was kind of a but you, you kind of you gotta understand but you gotta understand like he would not you know, he would not himself ride the bike and come up with what was said. So from me to Larry Brooks, I'm trying to think back in the day, I think me and Larry did a majority of the test riding for decades there. Yep. Um, so he would listen to our input and then every so often he'd have, you know, another guy come on. And that's how he usually gauged, uh, you know, his articles on. So it wouldn't be, yeah, you go to yeah, REM just... race and yeah, not just him riding the bike and what he's <laughs> feeling on it. Because he knows he's at that age and doing what he's doing, but it was really the input and the trust of, you know, the test riders that he had around him at that point in time, and he'd use, you know, oh, not he, that I was he, super fast. You know, you were no, you were fast. He'd use he'd use some of his guys, some of his vet guys like yep. uh, Thornwaldson, yep. and and I'm trying to think of yep. all the guys. Bob Rutten was always had, riding your bikes. Yep. You had Alan the, Al, the, Al, the Alamangus Col brothers. Do you, do you Alan Olson, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were later, but like Alan, for back in the day, it was Alan Olson, Ray Pizarski, 
Yep. Um, Skinner. Me, it's George Randy, Kohler, Randy, Randy Skinner. Skinner. Yep. 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 So, I mean, he had his little little group of guys there. I was the young group or the young guy in that group. Right. Um, and I learned, I learned so much from those guys. Uh, I can't, you know, even yeah. a, a, a explain uh, just anybody that's, you know, planning on retiring at 62 and think they're going to just go play golf or something like that. All I can say from me hanging around old guys all the time, <laughs> that's good for about a year, but you really need to find something and keep doing something to keep you, your brain active. Uh, so okay, and, and hey, find something that you love doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna go ahead and take a commercial break. Can you stand for a few more minutes? I want. I want to. I want to find out yes. the best and work, best and worst factory bikes. We'll come back with that. You and got then, it. And then yep. we got it. We got a couple. A uh, couple quick questions to add. So we're gonna go ahead and take ad break, and we'll be. Uh, if I can find the button, we'll be right back. The defending champion, the all new Yamaha YZ450F. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, episode number 211. 
special guest, Willie Musgrave of Motocross Action and ATK, and now Factory Cart is uh, is what you're doing. So yes, you want to hear that story? Uh, go 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 karts. <laughs> well, I see. Like I I still remember. I still remember. I don't do. I don't know if we raced. Yeah, we raced a few times when. REM moved to I kind of when REM moved to to Glen Helen I didn't go as much, and but you were you were there every weekend right? Oh, oh every weekend. Every yeah. weekend. I, I I lived at Glen Helen for years. Yeah, and you you were you were drag at that time you were dragging around a lot of kids that were racing. I had my kids. Yes. Yeah, were they yep. were, were Billy were, and Brittany? They're both racing. My daughter Brittany and my son Billy. Yeah, they raced with me every weekend for. I mean, I, I'm still with my son, work with my son every day. Uh, my daughter, all the way up until a few years ago, got married. She moved to Texas. Uh, but, yeah, we've, yeah, we've got awesome memories, you know, going and traveling around racing and, you know, doing all that stuff. We had a blast. So, yeah, so I, uh, I, I remember if, 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 I, if I beat you at Glen Hill and it was because you had screaming kids <laughs> with, like, motorcycle problems and Jody put you on a pile of shit. And, and then I could show up with whatever kind of weird thing I was riding at the time. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't a Cannondale. <laughs> well, he probably, had me on, he probably had me on one of those. Remember the Vore? I think it was called a Vore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. uh, I, Pete, Pete used to give me Vores all the time, too. Yeah. I could, I'm, I'm a, I'm I, a, I can I'm keep a five foot nine guy. Oh, I'm a five foot nine guy, and I think that thing was built for like a six foot. It was built five for, foot guy. It was built something. for Gordon Ward. It tried. Yes. It tried to end Gordon Ward's career many times. <laughs> oh, we have so, ridden some stuff that yeah, is for sure. Yeah, that was some uh, cool stuff. Um, but yeah. anyways, uh, so th- we're we're gonna we're gonna talk go karts in a minute. But I wanna I wanna okay. talk about. I want to talk about because we both had the opportunity. What is the best factory bike you ever rode? I'm going to be really honest. I'll put in the best and funnest bike factory bike I ever got to ride is I'm going to say a Mitch Payton uh, KX250F, and I think I rode Tedesco's. So that's back in the early 2000s. Wow. Uh, one of the best funnest. I mean, made you just feel like you were the greatest of all time, no matter what you hit. Unbelievable bike, just the handling, the power, um, spectacular. Um, So that's one of my favorites. I remember riding a Bales bike back in the late 90s, I think it was. A 500 or 250? 250. I rode his 500, and his 500 may be my favorite one. Oh, there's, I think, a photo floating around out there. I think I'm a number 111. I think I sent that picture to you. But that thing was, like I say, you know, I got to ride all the stock stuff. And then I'd ride the Pro Circuit modified suspension stuff, which was better than stock. But then when I got onto, like, a factory bike, it just, I just, I dreamed about someday becoming, like, that level of factory rider. Because what they got to ride on and I only got to ride on for a couple hours, you know, yeah. if I was lucky. But if I could ride on that for a month or two months, the the level that it would take you riding to would be I, I, what, I, what I see uh, the Lawrence brothers doing. Right. I mean, just like you it could take like you that, to right? <laughs> you. Yes. I mean, you could hit anything, come a little short over jump the power. I mean, just the whole package was just unbelievable. And that's back, I think, in 1989 when I rode his bike that I've ridden 
you know, I've ridden a bunch of McGrath's bikes. Unbelievable. Oh, really? Uh, Carmine. Okay. So, Carmine. So we'll we'll go to we'll go to quickly go to. So I thought you. Yeah. Were gonna, I, I saw a picture the other day that you posted. Actually, what kind of rem- reminded me? I go. I kind yeah. of talked to Willie. Would you put put a picture on the KX125? And I kind of thought you were going to go there because yes. I I didn't ride Ricky's actual bike. I rode. Uh. I rode one that Mitch built for us at the magazine. Yeah. Like we, it was like it was like how close can you get it to that? And it was pretty damn close. It was like he said, "This is a four-hour motor." You know, you know, it's like yes. it's like this yep. is this is a four-hour motor, and the suspension was we you know we ended up getting some somebody had some A kit suspension, and they you know Bones tuned yeah. it up and made it right for that bike, and it was it was it was a it was a really fun bike. But Bale's bike. Could be the could be the best one, but I at that time, well, I'm um, saying for that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I rode I rode yeah. his 500 GP bike, the one he won the Glen Helen 500 wow. GP on. And uh, it, did Cliff White tell you he would kill you if you crashed it? <laughs> no, you know? no, I no, he never said that to me. But I couldn't touch anything. Had to ride it exactly right. That's that's the way the I, setup. That's yeah. always the way I rode when I rode a factory bike. I always I never changed click. I rode it the way they rode. I didn't really ride them for Same that here. long, it, it, because you're trying to get the experience of that bike. But yeah, Cliff White pretty much told me because I think somebody else from Dirt Bike Magazine. I did it for Dirt Bike Magazine. Somebody else from Dirt Bike Magazine. I think it was Rich Jatinsky or one of the other test riders. <laughs> Uh, had cartwheeled yeah. one of the factory bikes the last time they did it, and and he ba- basically just looking. I'm just like a I'm just a kid. I'm like twenty something. He just looking. He says yeah. he says if you crash this bike, if these grips that he, <laughs> that, he that he cut in half and put different compounds yeah. in, he goes if these grips touch wow. the ground. He goes I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> so, so I'm like I'm like oh. I gotta go do a motocross action style berm shot. On the side, and up, I got, the magazine's sitting right over here. Maybe I'll go grab it before the end of the show. Yeah. You know, show yeah. too. But I gotta go. I gotta go do that. I could, I could easily lose traction and kind of end yes. up on my head. But uh, no, I, I I came way unscathed. But you know the the problem. I, I think the best bike I ever rode, believe it or not, was Tim Ferry's factory Kawasaki, four fifty, and it, it's funny because it, it it never really stood out as anything other than just like a like it was like. Tim set up a bike for me, and when you hear, I've heard other people describe it and talk to it. It didn't feel anything like the way they talked about it. Like it had one of the smoothest, longest pulling motors, mm. and the Cowies always felt heavy to me. And this bike did. Yes, this bike felt like mm. lighter than a Honda, like way lighter than a Honda. Really? Yes. Wow. And and but it had all those Kawasaki stability traits, and the suspension yes, yes, was yep. the suspension wasn't too stiff like some of the other ones. And uh, but yes, yeah. But it's interesting to you know like. Most of the works bikes I rode, in all honesty, were actually kind of horrible for me. They were just, you know, too stiff, too much power, too hard hitting. You know, a lot of times, way hard hitting power that was kind of, it it hit not where I wanted it to. Like, it was either too early or too late. And that's the way that these guys would want these bikes set up. God. So, so for me, I have sort of the opposite. So from, you know, Parmichael, McGrath, Lamson. Uh, I'm a brain fade right now on all the bikes that I've ridden. But what I noticed out of all those bikes that I rode, and uh, and I'm talking like, you know, Carmichael, like greatest of all time and everything, then McGrath, greatest supercross rider to ever ride. Um, and then the other few uh, riders I mentioned, the main thing that I got from it, that they all had the bike set up similar, was the front forks were stiff, 
Yep. And the rear shock, rear shock, I could ride their supercross stuff. I could ride it on an outdoor track. And I'm telling you, all those guys set it up similar. And the bikes that I had issues with, I rode Jimmy Button's bike one time, and I don't know how he rode it. Lawrence's bike I rode uh, at the other, Bill, Phil, Phil Lawrence, Lawrence, I think Phil was Lawrence, yeah, yeah. Yep, rode his bike one time. Uh, I don't know how that would be half their problem was they rear ends too stiff way too much on the front end all the fast guys and it was from two stroke to four stroke was the same thing the front was stiff the rear was supple enough to where it could accelerate through the bumps uh, and you know just do the stuff you needed to do so as you watch those guys ride it's wide open all the way to the last second, break like a motherfucker. Yeah. And so all the way it's coming to the front, and then they're freaking back on the gas. I've ro- rode Villapato's bike, same, same. I, yeah, I, low, I should like probably high, write down. Yeah, high in the front, low in the rear. Yes. And they were in it. Was, it there was a whole area where they were like sweeping the bars back and, you know, cutting the subframes and making everything yep. lower. <laughs> that, I, yes. So that unicycle in it through the turn, if that makes sense to you. So, like, so the like so how i would say it is the faster these guys for the, the fast i rode chad reed's bike one time too same way um the fast guys rode it on the rear wheel through the turn so the slower guys are trying to ride it on the front wheel so they're trying to get the weight onto the front so they're putting stiffer springs on more preload coming in and trying to get the front end to do all this stuff the fast guys they're they understand that you ain't the front end ain't gonna handle the speed it's you know dude you gotta you know it's the rear wheel getting the thing in there then get back on the gas and then turning the bike to the turn on the rear wheel so you know I, you know whatever level you have you're having fun but like that yeah. level those guys are going at to me that's how they're making these things yeah do what they're I, doing. I, and, I, and, it, and it's, it's funny because i'm a front wheel turner lily so thanks for describing uh-huh. my, my slow yes. my uh slow tendencies and stuff but I, <laughs> you I, and jody would get along it would be good uh, no no his set his setup's not my i i rode okay. I, I rode some of his bikes you know like his bike mm-hmm. they, they would you know they would i know, couldn't so, no because they were they were for me they they, were... to me they felt high in the front too actually believe it or not uh, they were so stiff in the rear, but I don't know how, yeah. but your weight, yeah. I don't know what your weight is. So yeah. uh, now, weight, now it's I was, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I was always like 155 pounds. So I right. get on their bikes. I, I didn't even move the rear end yeah. and most production bikes for me, the rear shock spring was always too stiff. Right. So I could just, I could go test, you know, with whoever it was, well, the Japanese and KTM and, like guys, if you have a next softer spring, put that in there, and then it changes the whole bike for me. So yeah. I was that guy, but I could communicate that to, you know, the mechanic, whoever was representing the the brand at that time, and get me sort of going in the right direction so, and feel happy. So otherwise, I'd have I'd have no preload on the spring. You know what I'm saying? I'd back it all the yeah, way yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, and then it's and not the working just, right. Yeah, yeah, not so, working right. So yeah. worst worst factory bike. Uh, I'll say and, Chad uh, <laughs> No, I liked his stuff, man. Oh, I, 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 I could stiff, ride his stuff. Stiff front ends, uh, it, yeah. Oh, I liked that. I rode like that. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't like I, even at pro. Yeah, I was. I was. So even I was, at pro I, was, circuit, I, was, I was enduro guy, off road guy. You know, so so like. Well, like that's why. Yeah, would, that's would 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 wasn't too upsetting, but. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you mine just to break, break the ice here. I can think about it. So my, my worst one, worst one ever was the bike McGrath loved his 93 to 96 CR 250 
I was, love that thing. Was was oh. the was the worst motorcycle on the planet for me because not like, even. Oh, the fork oh, no. the fork was stiff. The rear shock wasn't that bad, but did it that, was awesome. Did that thing hit like a MF? Like I, that, oh, there's the best. Uh, you could come out of a turn. <laughs> you could come out of a turn, have two inches, and it would just shoot up into the air. <laughs> oh, that thing was magic. I could nope. Jody would just Jody would get on me because I'd like the Honda. I'd like that whole era of Hondas. Right. I could get on that oh, thing. I like the just, stock ones. Oh I no, like I like them. them. I know I need I didn't like the stock. I like them with a little bit of modification <laughs> and they would be just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> so so we're so opposite. I, Jimmy. I, yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm feeling this right away. Actually, I knew this even when we were even when we were testing and stuff, because you know, I know what you like. I yeah. could see the bikes that you liked. Yeah. And and I it's yeah. funny because if you were on the similar bike as, as me and I knew they were they were still yeah. you were still testing mostly stock, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. If I'm riding this because I like it, <laughs> he's not gonna be happy. <laughs> but the, the Oh, the, that is good. But yeah, that that power I couldn't like like because we took it to a supercross track, we rode it on a supercross track, and I was yeah. just, I was just good enough if I was really comfortable to be able to jump the stuff. Yeah, and and right. I couldn't, I couldn't that bike because I never knew whether I was gonna, I was gonna under jump or over jump. I didn't know because I was scared to get it on the power, and that's just oh, where, I, where that bike. I loved it. That bike worked. So I actually, I went over and just found like tabletops. That I could that I could experiment with <laughs> yes. just, just so Safely I could, do. Yeah. just so I could because yeah. I wasn't going to jump anything with a gap, but as sure as hell wasn't going to do a rhythm because if I lost any like wrist control, that thing would just shoot out from yeah. underneath you. And and yeah. this is this is you know back in the two stroke time, and that thing was jetted so crisp and so perfect and so gnarly. Uh, perfect. That, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I was like you know okay, I'll I'll do do something else. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now you heard uh, McGrath had a great interview. I don't know who interviewed him, but he talked about that transition from that era that he dominated to the aluminum frame bike. Right. And, you know, it was a last minute decision. You know, he was going to die on the aluminum frame bike, switch to Suzuki. I mean, a great interview. So I, I don't know where it's at, but if people have yeah. a chance to see that, it's, that explains it all. Um, and I got to ride his Suzuki and uh, I, he just, again, he set it up similar to the way the Honda was. Didn't have the power like the Honda yeah, did. Yeah, didn't have the power. It, it didn't have the power. Um but still, to me, it was a. I enjoyed riding his that bike, uh, yeah, his yeah, Suzuki, and yeah. I. That, yeah, I could. And so that that was that was a bad one. That was a bad one for me. And and. Uh, so you you you're missing it. You're missing it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is, like we kind of even rolling back to when you know when we picked <laughs> test riders and stuff like that. I used to like to work yeah. with test riders that didn't like what I liked and. And and, okay, yeah. and and it's funny that over over the years, you know, guys that have tested with me have sort of, yeah. you know, they've they've evolved into like settings that are that are more normal because they were a lot of more racers. You know, that's the only way you could get a guy that could show up at you know on a Tuesday yes, or Wednesday yeah. to go ride their yeah. their quote a racer, <laughs> and they can yeah. come out and test bikes. But they all have these funky setups that that's what they're comfortable. And a lot of that yeah. stuff that on these factory bikes, they're built for like safety. You know, these guys, they're going to do stuff that you're never going to do. And, and, you know, you, you want it, you want it to, uh, not to crush or, you know, blow through the stroke or rebound in a funny way. It needs to be really, really predictable. So, okay. Now was Tim Tel was Tim Telford a test rider when you were at Dirt Rider? I uh, we every once or in a while. Did you miss would, him? I missed him a little bit, but every once in a while okay. he, would, he would show up. He was kind of one of more Carl's guys. God, I had an unbelievable battle with him at Mammoth one year. <laughs> yep. I think we were both on five hundreds, and we I think it was in the thirty pro class, 
and we he was on my ass from I pulled the whole shot and he was on my ass the whole time and I, I beat him and I think uh O'Mara I think it was O'Mara or somebody or Keyhole was in the you know couldn't couldn't keep us in sight we checked out <laughs> then second moto I I ended up getting second I think I went one two for first overall but I had an unbelievable race with that guy at at, at Mammoth I haven't seen him for years but yeah uh, I remember I had I, some I, good times yeah I remember he was kind of I think I don't know if he got hurt or he just kind of got out of the moto stuff but what a nice guy too yeah yeah very nice guy okay. yeah worst yep. worst worst factory bike ever oh you liked them all I, you. <laughs> I no, I mean I got to go back. I mean I I remember riding Button's bike, and I I think yeah. he was Yamaha factory then. Uh, I I don't know how he rode the thing. I, honestly, I don't know how he got around the track. Yeah. Um, he was taller. He was taller. He was another one of those amateurs that just you know like I was a 125 intermediate, and they came off of 80s. He got in the 125 yes. class, and all of a sudden now there's a new guy that I can't beat. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so that. So really, all man, that that the only thing that comes to in my mind right now. Most of the did, factory did bikes. You, did you ever ride one of Villeman's bikes? You had to have hated it if you rode it. No, the, I because he he, I, he had kind of soft. He was soft suspension guy and and and, I'm, and I'm, smooth power, too. Lots of lots of yeah. Over, I don't know if I lots of over rev. See see all I like yeah, I like I don't I like I, soft suspension and lots of over rev on the two strokes. Yeah no I I get that no I get that I I don't remember if I did or not and it's mm. I've ridden again Jimmy I mean I've over the twenty five years I've ridden I've forgotten more, <laughs> more stuff more than you more, I, than, more, I, more than you did yeah I wish you know the pictures and stuff like that. My back when we were riding stuff, we didn't have the cameras and videos and stuff like that. So well, yeah, you, all, a lot you have, of those, all you have to do is go go shoot. You know, spend twenty minutes shooting photos, and uh, yeah. and then you could go ride, and you don't have to yeah. stop and do a video and do video uh, clips yeah. around this section of the track and that section of the track. It's it's different. You know, talk to your but, Instagram followers live. Yeah, with exactly. The intro. Yeah. It's but a like all world. the yeah, like all the races I did. I used to race fifty times a year. And at those races, I'd usually race, you know, usually two classes, uh, sometimes three. Yep. Um, for, you know, for, I did that for 25 years. And, you know, from SRA Grand Prix, I remember going to those and I'd ride the 125, 250, and 500 class on the same time, sometimes back to back. I did a lot of that. I did some of the works races when they were around. Uh, I didn't, I wish I could have done more of those. I enjoyed those, but I didn't, whatever my, I didn't have the time to go do that stuff. Um, but, Spent a lot of time at the track, uh, you know, racing, and then during the week testing motorcycles. And then my career has been, you know, working with you know Horse Lightners, uh, Tom Whites, Mitch Paytons, yep, uh, Larry Pops, um, some really cool people that were you know, you know, for us main you know mainstay people in the industry yeah. during our 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 heyday. Let's if you want to call it that. Um, uh, you know, and, yeah, and, and and now we're in the go kart world. <laughs> it's crazy. So that I'll just let me just I'll take it from here. So I've always wanted to do. Oh, hey, what are you drinking there, man? Oh yeah, well this is uh, hold on. This <laughs> you gotta is, you gotta pump that. This, up, this is, whatever a, this, you is are. A, this is a this is a small section. If you're not familiar with the show, 
I'm not. So, 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 Sorry. So, so this is uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Sometimes there's an extra uh, tea in there for tequila. And oh, so, I like that. So yeah. tonight I have this uh, this uh, Dos Artes Blanco, which is a gift from a friend. This is a very nice uh, Blanco. So I, I just poured myself just a little teeny tiny uh, whiskey uh, in there. So, yeah. That is cool. Okay. So I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I got to tell story. you. My, no, I'm going to change it up for just a sec. Okay. So 1986, I win the Mexican, Mexican Supercross Championship. I was a 125 champion, and I missed the first round of the 250, so I ended up second at 250. They had a, a trophy presentation at this, I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was in between uh, Ensenada and wherever the Dune races, Canamar, whatever Canamar, that place right. was. Yeah, oh, so there's a, a yeah, I know which place it is. It's the uh, restaurant on the cliffs. So you're like in a right. restaurant that's just overlooking the ocean. And these you know, they do all the trophies and all that stuff. And I they said, Man, somehow I got in a tequila drinking contest with some hundred-year-old Mexican. I don't think he was about five foot tall. I woke up the next day on the other side of the border. I was so whatever that that stuff, you know. Oh, message yeah. you up poison wise yep I was, I was in front of somebody's house i tried to drive home i literally couldn't drive i drove on the freeway for about a you know one exit then pulled off on the exit and i couldn't move i literally was passed <laughs> yeah. out in my truck yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, okay so, so that was there's, like, there's no such thing as a tequila drinking contest that's just a, that's uh, just a that's I, just, I lost that's a bad, yeah i mean for me when I, when i was younger tequila meant yeah. like boxing gloves or naked one of the two, oh, no. you know, and, and neither of those are good. Yeah. So no, 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 no. I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, learned through some friends, uh, you know, about good, some good, really good sipping tequila. So, uh, that's, you're on it. Very yeah. good. I've learned my yeah. lessons from my younger youth, but <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, I'll okay, get back to, okay, back to go-karting. go-karting. So I've always wanted to go-kart. Like I always wanted to try a shifter cart and, you know, from the eighties to the nineties, there's nowhere to buy a go-kart. There's no shops. There's no, none of this stuff. Um, internet sort of pops up, you know, hard in the 2000s. I remember 2007 or eight, I think we went down to Adam's go-kart track. There was five of us, you know, my kid, uh, a couple of my uh, employees at MTA and we go down there, we drive the beat up rental cars and we have a, we have a blast. We all go, dude, let's go buy shifter carts. So we get, went back, we all Googled, you know, go-kart shops. We pulled up the whatever go-kart places there were in Southern California. There was four of them that I found. First one I went to wouldn't sell me a shifter cart. They said, oh, no, it's too hard. I didn't tell them who I was or nothing. I just, I want a shifter cart. No, you got to start out in like a KA100, like Yamaha 100 from the 70s. Nah, I don't want to go there. Went to the next shop. Same story. They wouldn't sell me a shifter cart. Then I went to Nash, Nash Motorsports, whatever is Ontario, next to Pete Bartano's uh, shop back in Ontario. And same thing. He goes, no, you got to start out in a, like a 100. I'm like, no. I had the last shop on my list, which out in Anaheim. I go, F- is it even worth it? Screw it. Drove out there, and it's Tom Kutcher, who runs Scusa, uh, which is Supercarts USA. And he's a shifter car guy. So, if I wouldn't have drove there, I would have never bought a shifter cart, and then I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So in 2008, I say we all got shifter carts. We all showed up at Adams. All of us found them. You know, my five friends of us, we all sucked so bad. I mean, we terrible. But we had so much fun, and it was like a new, you know, I was older. I was in my 40s, and just like, holy crap, this is the shit. 
So from that point on, we were hooked. You know, we practiced, you know, on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night out at Apex or Adams at Troy. We'd turn on the lights and uh, Dave DeMond at Apex would turn on the lights for us. We'd stay till 10. And we got pretty good pretty quick. And we, you know, we'd go race REM on Saturday, come home, unload the motocross bikes, load the go-karts in and drive out to those tracks and practice till late. So from 2008 till 2012, I became, I was pretty fast. So won a lot of races, had it, you know, had a blast doing it. 2012, we decide, uh, me and Billy to go do the Scusa Supernats, which is in Las Vegas. And it's the biggest go-kart race in the world. And we're literally pitting out of our pickup truck. We're, you know, parked about a mile away from everything. Everybody's in all their semi trucks and, you know, pony <laughs> carts, CRG, Burrell and Billy wins the race fastest. I mean, puts it on pole, smokes everybody. So that was November, 2012. So, and you know, is, we're this, like is, this, is this age group? Is it age group or is no, it- no, hell no, no, oh, there is everybody. No, dude, it's, there is no beginner, novice, intermediate pro. It's like, bro, you go in there and Billy is no one knew who the hell we were, had no freaking clue. Billy becomes, you know, wins his first supernats at, I can't remember how old he was at that that time, 19 or something like that, 20 or whatever. Um, and on the drive home, so we're driving home Monday morning, and our phone just is exploding. And I had been selling go-kart parts through MTA, so I had radiator kits and Honda engine kits. You know, I built up the Honda engine kits that they sold from HPD. And literally by the time we got back home, you know, the four-hour drive, I look at him, I go, he wanted to go to college. I'm like, you can go to college or, you know, and work for somebody or let's, I'll help you start a company. So we created MRC and we opened that up in January of 2013. So now we're a go-kart company and we're importing chassis and all that stuff. And, uh, we, out of nowhere, we, so the, so the, so the progression from like, okay, we're just out riding around having fun to buying a go-kart to, national champion is how long four years four years and billy and billy sort of was not very good at it in the beginning i would smoke his ass <laughs> billy if you're listening uh <laughs> but all of a sudden he just figured it out i mean like a second a lot faster than my whole group and everybody else how, i mean how is do you th- do you is, is, this is motocross this is, mo- really that's moto you're claiming motocross, motocross. claiming motocross the, yeah. again the amount of times we raced um, so the amount of, so your thinking pattern, so I'll, I'll put it, I'll, let me do this little segment here. So like in moto, we can go and race, you know, every weekend or twice a weekend. And, you know, over a two year time span, we can put in hundreds and hundreds of races and that's teaching you how and what to think about the week before the night before the race, race craft. when you're on this race craft, when you're on the starting line, how to, how and when to pass, you know, risk to reward, all that stuff. So Billy started racing when he was four years old and he raced, raced with me every weekend from four years old all the way till he's 20 years old. So we get into carding and his skill set compared to the normal carter who races eight times a year and he practices the day before that, you know, they're calling themselves racers and there's the the guys that you know do it like we do at moto but very far and few between so you don't hook up with those guys until you go to like the supernats so all of that experience that billy has from moto 
helped him accelerate his career in karting like you can't even believe. His starting techniques and it the the karting industry is now sort of car, caught up to what you know he created in the karting world as far as starts. But he could come from seventh place on the grid. We start F1 style. So shifter cart style starts just like an F1 car, standing start. He could come from seventh place and pass everybody before you're coming out of turn one. And people would just be like, freak the, you know, freak the fuck out. Like yeah, how yeah. in the hell? So that skill set from Moto into karting helped him excel into karting. So again, we go from 2013 by 2016, we're the most powerful, most the biggest shifter cart team probably in the United States. We're selling more chassis than probably just about any dealer in the United States. We're pushing about 200 chassis a year. Um, and then that chassis brand imploded. Um, they had a fight with their warehouse in Wisconsin. Uh, they're manufactured in Italy. They get in yeah. a big fight. Boom, gone. So we're like, oh, wow, that's uh, that's interesting. So we pick up another brand for 2017. Great guys. Um, Rob Soros out of Sonoma, California, uh, Luminos, uh, but we couldn't get chassis. We go from 150 plus chassis a year to 25 chassis. And our company, you know, went from a couple hundred thousand dollars a year up to, you know, millions of dollars of business in a year to now we can't get chassis and we're flatlining. So we go, guys, you got to give us chassis because our program is, you know, based off the chassis sales. Hey, well, you did, then, you did something like this at ATK, no? I'm going to tell you, gets right to the same point. <laughs> okay. So we go from 2017 to 2019, not being able to get chassis. So I sit down with my kid. It's like this, the Italians are, I'm sorry, they're messed up. This, their whole program is messed they up. That's make, why you make five, right? Five for five. their drivers, five. Perfect. But the rest <laughs> of us get junk and it's clapped out. So in 2019, we come up with a plan to manufacture our own chassis out of our facility in Riverside, California. So uh, Bender, I uh, got from Doug Dubach, which is the Bender I used or I actually got for him when I set up his company in the back of MTA back in the early 2000s. Yeah, the so I helped Dubach Doug. racing the pipes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the one who designed his extrusions, his caps and, you know, did all the prototyping and stuff. I'd show up at three in the morning at MTA, do all his prototyping. He'd come in, take it out the track, come back and go to, you know, need more bottom or mid when we do the modifications. And then MTA would buy, give him purchase orders for all the pipes. So he had a pretty easy way to get into business. And our relation is, is sort of based off of, of that. But anyway, um, we come up with this plan to build go-karts and we start it and build our first chassis in uh, January, 2020. And then COVID hits. And I had a program set up with KTM uh, to buy engines from and COVID uh, because of this uh, supply chain could produce for 2020, couldn't supply for 2021, couldn't supply for 2022. They wouldn't commit to 2023. So I called Yamaha and worked out a program with them and uh, that's what we're currently using right now. So our Yamaha, plan that we Yamaha Blue Crew sponsor of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Yeah. See, when you want, I heard when you, you, when you want I the heard fastest you the cart beginning. motors, you want the same motors that are in your bike. So you're using YZ65, YZ85, YZ125, yep. my favorite motocross yep. bike. By that's the only yes. the, yeah. Willie. The only motocross bike I own right now is a is YZ125. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, and and you have a YZ250 shifter cart. Yep. So we do. Yeah, we do those four engine brands uh, sizes right now. 
Um, it's the first, you know, like I say, we're three years behind on our business plan, but at least I have all the <laughs> stuff there. We're working really hard to get caught up on all the pipes because all the pipes are different than the motocross pipes, just so the fitment and stand the power band. We run from 8,000 RPM up to about 13,000 RPM and motos like from 2,000 RPM to 8,000 RPM. So, our, you know, you got to adjust. way the, different. Way different. So we're working with Mitch at Pro Circuit and uh, Art at RLV up in Santa Maria uh, right now real hard to try to get this stuff done so we can sell go-karts. Uh, but that's sort of what, you know, and we did, we did moto and karting probably till about 2015. And then the karting thing just went 24 seven. It just, uh, you know, the, the customers and the, the direction that we were headed uh, consumed all of our time. And, you know, I, I did this for my son. Cause I looked at like motocross guys. I looked at, you know, of course the superstars are making millions, but then there's that group of guys that, you know, make a couple hundred thousand a year for a few years. And then, you know, it ends. And I didn't want my kid to be like they, that. Then, and then, then they become riding school coaches. That you got it. By so, the way, www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. Hey, if you want to do a extreme enduro class this weekend at King of the Motos, they have Moto Madness Weekend. Uh, so check out any social media with King of the Motos or Jimmy Lewis Off Road in it. Sorry to interrupt, Willie. I just have to throw a plug for myself in there, so oh, I can no, no. afford to continue living after <laughs> having that that you know that yeah you know mediocre career. We'll <laughs> okay. Well, so keep, keep going. you know what I'm talking keep, about. Oh, I so, know exactly yeah, I, what you're talking about. But that was so I good. So deal. I see that like in my kid, like yeah, he's fast. He's a four-time Supernats champion right now. There's only a couple of guys that have achieved that in uh, Supernats history. I think they're on Supernats 26 right now. Very difficult to win a go-kart race at that level. We come in as, you know, like out of our pickup truck racing against these teams that are like factory Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, K-10. We're, we're not there yet, and we're competing and building chassis that compete and outperform a lot of the Italian stuff. And then with the Yamaha program, we're hoping to rejuvenate the shifter cart class because when Honda uh, tooling basically wore out in 2018, they could produce a Honda 125 engine kit yep. that they were was, selling so to was, the was karting the, community. Was the Honda engine the go-to? If you liked what you saw in this video, come check us out over at dirtbiketest.com on the webs. We have bike tests, product tests, a lot of fresh dirt, and you can even support us by clicking through our links. Hopefully, we'll see you out in the trail. The defending champion, the all-new Yamaha YZ450F.